Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Perkins Platform. Uh, This is a monthly solutions-oriented talk radio show. Each month we dedicate 30 minutes to explore contemporary issues and solutions in education leadership. And this is your host, Brian Perkins. This month our guests are Dr. Robert Slavin um, from the Success for All organization uh, based at Johns Hopkins University. And we also have with us uh, Mrs. Uh, Linda Lorenzo, who is the principal of the Kane Area um, Elementary School in Pennsylvania. Uh, we're waiting on uh, uh, Dr. Slavin to arrive, but we have Linda here with us, um, and um, just like to uh, say welcome to you, Linda. Thank you. And I think um, here we have Dr. Slavin uh, um, has just joined us. Dr. Slavin? Yes. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. I'm glad you were able to make it, and we're just getting started here. And um, and we we're excited to have you on today, and as a part of the series that I'm doing over the next few months um, about uh, school intervention programs and strategies, and and uh, certainly yours is one that has been around for a number of years. Um, success for all. And um, just going to have a conversation. We have a lot of people listening in on this, but um, just want us to have just a conversation about um, your program. And, and so um, if we could, I'd like to start with you and ask you to tell us a little bit about what the essence is of a Success for All and, and what it is exactly you do and how you um, uh, provide technical assistance to schools and school districts. Okay. Um, basically, what we're trying to do in Success for All is to design a, an elementary school uh, model in which kids would all be successful from the beginning of their time in school. Uh, it began with the observation that uh, you know, when you have kids who are in third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, and they're already falling you know, far behind, it's very difficult to try to get them to catch up. Whereas if you have them be successful in preschool, in kindergarten, in first grade, and so on, it's much, much easier to prevent those problems from occurring. And so what we do is, is to, to engage with schools and provide them with uh, professional development, materials, uh, technology supports, uh, and other assistance uh, to use proven programs and practices at each of the grade levels uh, to constantly assess children's progress. If children are making good progress, that's great. If they're not, uh, we have computer-assisted tutoring models to, uh, to work with kids. We do a lot with parent involvement to give parents strategies to help their kids at home and to reach out to parents and community to deal with issues that might be inhibiting children's success. So, for example, we try to make sure the kids have eyeglasses if they need them. If they have, you know, if they're having uh, serious problems at home, that somebody's attending to those. Deal with attendance and and uh, things of that kind. Um, 
the the program in the school day uh, has a lot of focus on cooperative learning, so that kids are very actively engaged in lessons, working with with their peers, helping them out uh, to learn at each level, um, and um, uh, making it so that uh, you know that they're very excited to go to school, that they're very you know eager to to engage because uh, they know that they're going to be uh, working with their peers, following up on on uh, teacher instruction. So there's mm-hmm. a whole lot more mm-hmm. to it, but I think that's a kind of a quick sense. Part of the idea here too is to to leave nothing to chance, uh, mm-hmm. to try to make sure that kids don't fall behind without anybody knowing it. Uh, that we're we're right on top of where the kids are, uh, monitoring data, uh, and uh, working very hard to uh, to prevent bad things from happening, to ensure that you have high-quality instruction throughout the, the school. Uh, and then if you find there's a problem, solve it as quickly as possible so that the kids don't start, you know, feeling as though they can't learn. Sure, sure. So, But it sounds um, almost, you know, commonsensical not to uh, make it, uh, you know, uh, uh, simplistic, but... Um, that what you talked about was that it is a system of monitoring and 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 assessment um, to determine whether or not children are on 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 target for meeting learning goals. I mean, is, well, is that that's part assessment? of it, but yeah. but it's also uh, professional development and student materials yeah. and you know quite an array of things that we come into the school with, so that that assessment process. Uh, you know, is, is part of what's going on, but you're mm-hmm. also uh, you've got strategies that the that the whole staff is using uh, sure. to move the school forward and and to respond in case you discover that there are kids who are not making the progress that they should be making. Sure, sure, sure. And and um, um, I've had a few conversations over the the past year with um, uh, some of the guests on the show about. Um, not making assumptions that um, the the required background information is available to teachers and in, in, in the way of uh, professional development um, that they that that uh, a lot of times when there are cuts in budgets um, a lot of superintendents and and school districts start with uh, the professional development aspect of it and 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 professional development is really important. Um, um, for the uh, forward progress uh, in the districts. Um, and so we have Linda with us, who is a principal who's actually used um, and, and been a part of Success for All um, in, for a number of years. And so, Linda, I want to shift to you for a moment. Um, how did you hear about Success for All? Uh, and, and, um, and, and as a follow-up to that, then what made you decide, yeah, this is what we need? Uh, yes, uh, I'm happy to be with Success for All. We're in three, uh, year three of our program here now, and, and we are enjoying it. I, I have to say it's a lot of hard work, and it's hard to imagine enjoying hard work, but there's there's such uh, fruits that come from the labor that it is very uh, a, a really satisfying experience. Uh, we were experiencing some decline in our reading scores um, and, you know, feeling the pressure of how are we going to help our students improve and how are we going to show more growth. Um, a colleague of mine, we have been using the, the foresight assessment, which also comes out of John Hopkins University. We had been using it for quite some time, and 
a colleague of mine said, hey, you know, they have a reading program. So we started to do some research into the SFA program and found that it was much more than just a reading program. Um, we visited some schools in our area that you know, three, four hours away because we're kind of a very rural setting. But we, we visited some local schools that had been using SFA for quite some time, and we really, really liked what, what we saw. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that the, the real difference is that it's, it's that systems approach that Dr. Slavin spoke of and that you spoke of. You know, nothing stands alone. Um, mm -hmm. it, everything is a cog of, of the wheel, and not one step is taken without thinking how it relates to other steps, and that's mm -hmm. for each individual student and each individual, you know, program, the grade levels. The whole building now works, works as, a, as a whole machine together, and those solutions are all based in data, and that, that really makes a big change in the mind of, of teachers and of students. You know, when you've got that professional development coming on site as often as they do, they still visit us three times a year, um, they're in the classrooms, they're helping the facilitator and myself to be the coaches once they're gone. It's just a completely different approach to instruction and running a school than what I had ever experienced before. Mm. Sure, sure. So, um, Dr. Slavin, you mentioned, and so, and Linda also mentioned just now, uh, the professional development. Tell me briefly a little bit about what that looks like. So, what's 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 your um, your unique approach? If, if you would uh, say there's one, um, but just that, what is it that you're doing that makes you uh, use professional development as one of your your key uh, components of w what this program is. Well, it's it's the everyone knows that it's the frontline teacher who makes the difference. It's what the teacher mm -hmm. does day in and day out uh, that that ultimately determines whether a child will succeed or not. Uh, and in high poverty schools, that's especially true because you don't have the backups that you might have in a middle class school, where somebody mm -hmm. else might teach the kid if you know if the kid runs into problems. Um, and so it's got the, the initial instruction has got to be right. And what does that mean? It means that you're doing professional development with teachers on effective strategies for initial uh, initial teaching, for cooperative learning, to, to help uh, teach teachers how to make effective use of kids working in teams, uh, of assessment so that you can you know formative assessment so you can tell whether kids are making good progress of classroom management so that you're making effective use of time and, and uh, kids are, are um, you know, well-behaved, uh, of uh, social-emotional learning, uh, really a broad range of things in the regular classroom. And then we also have uh, things like um, tutoring that I mentioned for kids who are struggling and uh, uh, there's, so there's professional development in that, and professional okay. development also for people who work on the um, parent involvement or other aspects uh, of the overall program. So, so every part of it involves a great deal of professional development. Our model, uh, in the first year, we have a, uh, an overall introduction to the program for a day and then more training for... Um, 
the teachers according to the part of the program that they're responsible for. But then after that, there's coaching that goes on uh, during the first year. One of somebody from Success for All Foundation uh, is in the school about 26 person days, um, uh, visiting with classes, looking at what teachers are doing. And then there's the, the, each school has what's called a facilitator who is an experienced teacher from the school's own staff who works with the staff every day uh, on uh, implementation of all aspects of the program, on monitoring children's progress, and so on. So um, a lot of the real uh, hard work, you know, upfront up work is uh, this facilitator who is able to to try to get the very, very best out of every teacher, uh, you know, whatever their their skills or backgrounds uh, may be. Well, so I'm, a lot of emphasis on coaching, on, 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 on professional development really takes place, after initial presentation, it really takes place in the school, in the classroom. You just can't go to a workshop and then go back to your classroom and make something work very often. Sure, that, sure. That's so I, I'm true. I'm going to come back because because I have some follow-up questions about the, the actual professional development. Linda, you had something you wanted to add before I... Um, I, I was just going to add to that that, you know, because SFA is a research-proven program and the new research is coming in all the time, um, it, what those coaches bring us is invaluable. However, as Dr. Slavin said, the, the real training is going on every day, if you will, here in our building. And it's, it's through this gradual release of responsibility, which is way more than just delegating jobs to different people in the building. It's really giving teachers the ownership to have the knowledge and the data that they need to make real-time changes in their classroom that are going to be effective for kids. And, and that's been a, been a big mind shift. Teachers aren't used to having that empowerment or that responsibility and, and using knowledge and tools to, to shape their students' daily, daily activities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for that, Linda. Uh, to our listeners, you uh, have just joined Perkins Platform um, we are um, talking to two guests um, with the Success for All um, organization. We have Dr. Robert Slavin, who is the founder and co-director of Success for All, and we have Mrs. Uh, Linda Lorenzo from the Kane Area um, School District in Pennsylvania. Um, if you, in, a, in about 10 minutes or so, we're going to open up the lines for our uh, listeners to call in, ask questions, provide comments, um, the number for the listeners is 347-826-9029. Again, 347-826-9029. Um, so I want to jump back over to you, Linda, um, to ask. So you, you mentioned that uh, you've been with the program for three years. Um, uh, you had, I guess you first learned about it uh, through some colleagues. But I, I guess what I want to know is also um, what was it about what was going on at your school that you said, you know, we need to turn um, to SFA for some some assistance in X area or Y area? What was it specifically that got your attention? Was it reading or was it that you, the, the comprehensive approach in terms of professional development and a process also for looking at data, using the data, uh, and through a research-driven um, uh, and a research-proven um, uh, format 
delivery to teachers. What was it exactly that made you turn and say, we need to use some success for all? Well, initially it was the reading scores, certainly. Um, it, it, but after, you know, learning how, how SFA really works in a school, I could see then that this silo approach that we had been using for so many years and that, you know, really is prevalent in education, uh, let's fix one thing at a time, but there was never any connectivity between the things that we were trying to fix. And when you move away from that silo approach, you can gain momentum in change and and making effective change so much more quickly because now, as Dr. Slavin mentioned, we can, we can target a student who's struggling and look and see is, it, is that child struggling because of an attendance issue or because of something that's going on in the home? How can the community help to support that child? How will how reading scores affect how that child's going to perform in science class or math class? So now that we you know, have the systems approach, I can feel momentum and, and really um, student opinions towards their education changing at, at so much more of a rapid rate than what I had ever experienced before. So um, that's, that's really, to me, the key to the program. Um, it's a framework for success, not just for reading, but a framework to hang all kinds of successes in life on. Well, yes, sure. And and so, um, Dr. Slavin, and you mentioned about the professional development. You talked about coaches and uh, comprehensive approach, and I think you said about 27 um, days of of coaching in one one component. And um, so, as as you know, there are a number of people on school boards and superintendents who listen um, to the show. Um, in your experience with engaging in districts, uh, what are they basically using you know, uh, as, uh, as funding for these sources? Are, they, uh, are there special uh, entitlement programs, maybe Title I, um, that uh, they're using? You're seeing people use it. I imagine the question uh, that I'll get in follow-up um, from some of the listeners will be, um, is it expensive? So, um, you know, without, you know, kind of committing to a dollar amount, what, how, how are people um, in, in a time of, of, of decreasing funds uh, for professional development, how are people uh, paying for this? The program was designed to work under ordinary Title I funding, uh, in every year except for the first. In general, uh, schools with, with, uh, high, that serve um, many children in poverty have adequate uh, Title I funds to pay for the costs, uh, the ongoing costs after year, the first year. Uh, the first year is more difficult and, um, because the, that's when they get the majority of the materials and most of the professional development. And so for that year, at least for the last several years, we've been able to offer uh, $50,000 grants under a special investing and innovation fund uh, that, that uh, great, you know, reduces the first-year cost by $50,000 so that uh, schools can, can make the first year be like the cost of the second years and mm-hmm. beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so it, it is, you know, peop, some people would see it as expensive, uh, in, but if you use your, the dollars that you already have uh, more efficiently, 
than most uh, schools that get get a lot of Title I money uh, should be able to afford it. And in a way, you know, an average state now spends uh, ten, eleven thousand dollars a year per child. We're talking mm-hmm. here about uh, roughly uh, adding a hundred, hundred and twenty dollars over the first three years uh, per child. It really shouldn't be that hard to come up with that as a proportion of of you know the the very much larger amount that you're spending on kids. But from the perspective of principals, they don't. You know, in terms of the amount that they actually have to spend, they don't see it that way. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Uh, we we were fortunate to receive the I three grant for the first year, and you know, in in um, uh, total picture, uh, the SFA program is not a fancy, you know, it's not glossy books that you're paying a lot of money for. It's a very um, basic effective and really inexpensive um, materials-based program, um, the the benefit comes through that professional development. So as Dr. Slavin said, it really is a value when you look at it over the long term. Okay, I understand. So um, uh, Dr. Slavin, over the whole, if you, if you could describe um, the program itself, um, could you tell us where basically your your um your schools are located are they in urban areas or um primarily suburban or is there is there a, a profile among your schools uh most of our schools well almost all of our schools are high poverty uh that schools that that ranges from perhaps 30% free lunch to 100% free lunch uh, but I think our average across all of our schools is maybe 80% free lunch. So, so that's that would be a constant. Now, within that, um, we have schools that are in inner city Detroit and uh, Baltimore. We have schools that are in Indian reservations and on the the uh, north slope of Alaska, uh, in Guam. You know, all kinds of mm-hmm. uh, of uh, places. Um, and uh, the common thread uh, through all of them is that you've got a combination of kids who have serious needs and a staff that's really committed to change. I mean, let's let's be honest. The, this is not this is not for the faint of heart. And I think Linda would probably you know agree that you know, that, that the amount of agree. change we're talking about here is uh, is considerable, and it really takes leadership and a staff that's willing to say, you know what. Uh, this may not be the easiest or the most convenient thing for us to do, but we're really committed to making a difference for our kids. Let's go and get the best thing we can find. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I tell my colleagues all the time that SFA was a life-changing event for me. It's a life-changing program, and um, if you can frame every question with, are we doing what's best for kids, we can answer yes where SFA is concerned, certainly. Sure. sure. And, and, Linda, so could you tell us a little bit about what um, what might have been one of the most difficult aspects of this work, um, and, and Dr. Slavin mentioned it's not for the faint of heart, which suggests that the, you know it's not it's not that easy. But um, what would you say is something um, that was difficult for you in in implementing the program, and 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 how and, and as a follow up to that. Um, 
uh, how did you manage to get teacher buy-in for the program itself? Um, but, but first, what, what would you say is difficult? Well, it really is a paradigm shift in, in what teachers and, and even students and parents are expecting. Um, again, you know, teachers uh, are used to working with their doors shut and not, not looking at what's going on across the hall and how they might use what another teacher is doing to improve their own performance. So that was, that was different. Um, the first year of the program, because it's new, teachers feel like they're walking around with a script in their hands sometimes, um, and that's because they need to. The, the, the success comes from delivering the program with fidelity. Um, now, as they become more, uh, you know, veteran and, and, and good at it, if you will, in their second and third year, they can, they can bring their own personality back into it. But setting up that framework is so critical, um, but yet very difficult. You know, teachers are kind of control freaks by nature. <laughs> and so when you take away their security blankets and their comfort of what they've always done in their classroom, um, it, can, it can be a little scary for them, and understandably so. Um, we were able, in fact, it is a requirement of SFA to, to take a vote um, within the staff and make sure that you've got, you've got buy-in before, before you purchase the program. Um, we had mm -hmm. a very high buy-in rate by taking people out to see Success for All in other buildings, um, having SFA staff come and visit us, uh, all kinds of things. Um, you know, parents felt that shift too because instead of having a, a big thick reading book come home every night and a story that they saw, now all we're asking parents to do is to read and listen and, and help their child craft a response every night to what they've read for 20 minutes. And a lot of parents felt like we were hiding something from them during the first year. You know, why can't we see the books? Why, why did you make this change? What was so wrong with what we were doing before? So there, the work came in that, in just helping everybody to shift our, our way of thinking of, you know, maybe that, that program, that process of education wasn't working that great for us, and we need mm -hmm. to look at something that's going to be more long-term um, building in uh, foundational success for kids for the future. Sure, sure. Well, well, you know, it's interesting you just brought up, and I want to address in, in our last few minutes together um, uh, about the parents and their number of parents who listen to the show um, as well. Um, can you tell us what, if anything, um, is uh, set up so that parents get informed about this new uh, initiative and and maybe even there, if there's a way that they get trained on how to help their students at home. So um, sure, we we did that? a lot of that during the first year. We we had informational meetings and open houses and back to school nights where we we talked to parents about you know why your children are going to bring home this read and respond book, basically a journal every night instead of a, a basal reader, a textbook. Um, we had sessions where parents could come in and observe a portion of an SFA class, and then we had question and answer periods for them following the class. Uh, we still do that. Every year we do some different component. And, and still in year three, we're, we're getting questions, but now we can kind of delve deeper into how can you assist your child with homework. I, I think the, the, the real success of it is that 
you know, because it was developed for um, high poverty schools, schools where perhaps parents don't even speak English um, but need to try to help their child to succeed, to succeed in school, it's a very simple component that we're asking parents to participate in. It's something that everyone should be able to do. And when a child does not have someone at home that can help them, then we set up that safety net here at school so that if they don't have a read and respond partner at home, we provide one for them here so that every child goes to reading class at 9 o'clock in the morning with exactly the same advantage, that there, there is no disadvantage when you walk through that door to reading class. Excellent, excellent. Dr. Slavin, so um, what would you say um, to the superintendent who comes and says, you know, we, we want to do your program, what, is, what, is the, what, is, what would you say to that person um, to make the connection and, and let them know whether or not the program is for them or not? How, how would you do that? I, I don't know. I guess um, what I would do is, is – uh, Try to find out uh, whether the, if the, whether they're uh, serious about uh, making a difference with their kids. Uh, sometimes uh, you know superintendents or others will come and they want a quick fix or they want you know something that gets them out of trouble uh, or you know what what have you. And th- this is this is something that uh, schools do for the long haul, and that that's what we encourage. Our average school that we work with today has been with us for 11 years. Um, mm. And, uh, you know, that's extraordinary in terms of, you know, what happens in terms of programs uh, over time in, in most places. Uh, and that's what we want to have happen, that uh, we want schools that are really committed to, uh, to their children. And we want, so, so when we talk to superintendents, we want to get clear, is that what you're talking about? And that we can do, mm-hmm. you know, if, if it is in fact sure. what, what you're after, this is something we can do. If you want, uh, something that will just, uh, goose up your test scores in a, in a year, sure. but not make a fundamental difference, then there are other things to do for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank the, you so much The leadership change. The leadership change is amazing. It has made me uh, ten times the principal that I was for the beginning of my career. It, it certainly is uh, everything and more that, that Dr. Slavin just mentioned. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I want to thank both of you for joining me um, today on the show. Um, and to our listeners, I uh, want you to uh, please join and come back on next month on March 12th at 2 p.m. when we have Dr. James Comer of the Yale School Development Program, um, who will also be here talking about whole school initiatives as well. And so um, we appreciate all of you. And again, to my guests, thanks so much uh, for being on the show. And until next time, go well, stay well. Thank you. Thank you.